where the whiteboards are, a podcast by educators about all things education. With us today, uh, we uh, kept Desiree around uh, for just a moment uh, while we blind react. Let's see, uh, Jacob, you could probably introduce the post a little bit better than I can. Um, but just, you know, one of those episodes where we just go through it. So we've done a kind of a blind react episode previously, and we're going to roll with that same concept right here. It's because I'm a visionary. <laughs> That's right. It's true. That's right. Truly. That's definitely how I would describe you. <laughs> so we found a post on the teachers subreddit where an administrator had reached out and said, hey, admin here, what can I do? To support teachers, which is and awesome. Like, yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. So administrators out there, make sure you reach out to teachers and ask that question of the masses, but also in your buildings would be nice mm-hmm. too. Start um, with them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Start with yeah. The, the teachers in your building. Start with the internet strangers. <laughs> and, uh, people gave some really great responses. Others not so constructive. <laughs> Uh, you can find that post <laughs> if you wish. We have pulled a response that somebody did a great detail of 11 points that the administrator should do for his or her teachers. And we're just going to blind react with, to those. I'm going to read them one through 11. I don't think that they're ranked. So we're just going to, you know, respond to each one. Do you think this is a good bit of advice? For your administrator. Yes. Excellent. Oh, oh you did. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the episode. Okay. All right. And we're done and now. Signing Here we out. Go. <laughs> Number one, never ever say to a teacher, do it for the kids Oof. or it's right for the kids because that's emotional blackmail. Fully agreed. Yeah, actually, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, there is a certain element of like, yeah, I'm a teacher. For the kids, right. I'm not teaching myself the B flat major scale every day for my own good. <laughs> you know, like I'm doing it <laughs> for them. It. Yeah, but like to use that as a point of manipulation. Yeah, that, yeah. Have I you all heard that? Yes. Oh, yes. Or yeah. something to the effect of yeah. Well, and I would say more so for on the media, right? But I do think even in meetings we have heard. Oh, well, absolutely. Remember why we're here? We're here for those kids. We got to right. be here for the kids. Right. I and think it, it evokes no like warmth or sympathy in my soul. And if anything just makes me feel like you're taking advantage of my good nature, which I don't appreciate. Caring for the kids doesn't feed me. Right. <laughs> and I am here for yeah. work. In, in, in the nicest way possible. Right. Yeah. And I feel like doing it for the kids is kind of baked into the job, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Like, n- nobody really needs to tell us that. Right. Right. <laughs> Like, if that's the moment where you're like, oh, oh, oh doing it for the kids. Oh, I get it. I get it. Education. I totally oh, forgot. That's why I was here. <laughs> that's why I'm here until 10 p.m. Right. tonight so administrators, at a basketball don't, game. Don't, don't, don't yeah. dangle that rotting carrot in front of teachers. Rot. Rotting carrot. <laughs> so accurate. Very accurate. All right. Will you talk in your announcer voice yes. more? Yes. Number two, <laughs> don't ask me to cover another teacher's. My laptop screen blacked out. Sorry, let me start over. <laughs> Number two, don't ask me to cover another teacher's class on my planning period because you <sighs> can't get a sub. Go sub for that class yourself. <sighs> That's the, like in my situation, being in like as small of a school district as I sure. am, like 
our principal is the junior high and high school or middle school and high school mm-hmm. principal. You know, and I don't necessarily believe that they could do that. You know, like in in essence, yeah, that you know, I I hate how many times I've had to give up my planning period, but they also started compensating us. We get like fifteen or twenty yeah. bucks. That's what I was gonna say that, is so. that's like I don't mind being asked, but compensate me for right. that yeah. time. And I also don't want it to be well, you know, the basketball coach or the football coach or so and so coach, volleyball coach, track coach, all leave sixth hour to go right. do their sports. So now your plan has become that teach this yeah. class. Well, is ninety percent of it. <laughs> the weird part is like sporting events; they just ha- they just pop up like they're never scheduled. So oops! Oh, it's not like the sub. Substitute teacher is a situation right now or anything. Right. Um, I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so, substitute teacher is an administrative issue. It is not a teacher issue. Whether mm-hmm. you can hire enough people does not matter to the people you've already hired in your building, and you shouldn't make it their problem. Um, a company that didn't have enough people would be in charge of their own recruitment. And I think it's kind of annoying how in education we're like, but people know this is a job. So we don't really have to like actively recruit when there's a huge deficiency in our hiring because the sub situation is not unique to COVID exacerbated, but not unique to it. So like Mm -hmm. that makes me so grumpy whenever anybody is like, we need you to do this because there's not enough subs, but I'm not doing anything to fix the problem. Uh, Just like festers in my soul. But what can we do? Yeah. And with like coaches, having your teachers who have seventh hour plan constantly covering seventh hour is not a sustainable solution. It doesn't matter if you pay them or not. Have a swing seventh hour sub, pay that person. But like you can't keep demanding your teachers give up their free time because basketball has a game. It's I not also even, don't it's care. not yeah. even free time. You can't call it free time. Right, right. Because that I is my said opportunity. Available time. Okay. Yeah. Is more what I meant. Sorry, but that is interesting. Yeah. Ninety, I'm going to say eight, ninety-eight percent of the times that I have covered during my plan, it is because the coaches are gone for the millionth time because of how, in my opinion, overscheduled our athletics are. Mm-hmm. Um, because such a priority is placed on that, and the, and now like I don't have my opportunity to get work done in my room. Copy. It's yeah. Just like not kosher. But, like, to suggest, like, the principal should be doing that is a little dicey just because, like, situations are so specific. Right. Yeah. But I think if the principal's not doing anything, they should do it before I do. Right. Like. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Like, if you're just a person and you're going to go sit in your office some more, Mm. you can go hop in a classroom for sure. I mean, there's a new episode of Pawn Stars on. <laughs> Dear listener, you also don't even know. <laughs> Inside jokes there. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Like, be organized, have a plan. Yeah. And obviously, emergencies happen. I know my last year teaching, I had went into work and I was like, oh, my back's feeling weird. And by the end of first hour, I was like, I can no longer stand up. Mm-hmm. My wife had to actually drive to the town we were teaching and, and pick me up. Like I couldn't get out of town. So luckily I think the counselor came in and covered that as an emergency. And I think if that were the case as a teacher, Oh, okay. It's an emergency. Yeah. Not something that is abused. Mm-hmm. But well, and on. to be clear, let's say hypothetically, Amanda and I still work in the same building. 
hypothetically, if she knows I have six hour plan and something's happening and she's not okay for six hour, I'm in Amanda's room. All she has to do is ask me. You don't have to pay me. Like I'm there. That's right. a, a given. It's when yeah. it's an administrative solution um, that's not long term sustainable yeah. That, yeah. I, that I have the issue. Yeah. So I, I think a big takeaway on this one, administrators, principals, make sure you're doing your part. Like if anything, it's a great opportunity for you to be in front of kids and also knowing what your teachers are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, True. All right. Number three. Oh God. Some of those sub plans, sub quote unquote plans that I implemented. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> number three, no meetings unless they are a hundred percent needed. Full stop. Email is a great tool. If you want to make sure teachers read the email, require that they respond to it or use a read receipt. So this is not something that I can really relate to. I don't feel like when we taught at the same district that there were a lot of like just staff meetings where it's like uh, another staff meeting. Mm-hmm. So this one I don't necessarily relate to a whole lot, but I definitely... I've heard a lot of teachers talk about like, oh, here's another meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think we had all that many meetings. I mean, we did have Friday early outs and we would have meetings, but typically it would be to talk about events that were happening or things that were going on the next week or the next couple of weeks and stuff like that. Um, I do have an issue, though, with the email aspect because checking your email during the day is not going to happen. So like, if if it needs to be if it, if it needs to be addressed then it, you need to take that time and address whatever it is right like pull and take that time to address it don't send me 15 emails or cryptically worded emails about what it is that you expect from me and then me give you a read receipt i don't i don't know if i necessarily agree with that mm-hmm. uh, are there some things that could just be said in an email sure are people really bad at emailing? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> also, I don't understand why we never make anything optional. Um, so from an administrative standpoint, if you're already planning on having a meeting at like three o'clock on Wednesday, put the info in an email and be like, hey, if you want to talk about this info in person, I'm here at three o'clock on Wednesday. Anybody can come on down. Give them two options. Let people pick what they want. Like, I'm a visual person. I will absorb the information better if you put it in an email. I don't listen well. Um, but other people are inverse. So, like, yeah. do what works for your folks. And it's so rare to be able to get everybody at a staff meeting anyways. Right. W- whether they coach or have, you know, other obligations outside of contract time. Like, sometimes it's just difficult. You can't be there. So, mm-hmm. you know, email. That's a great option. Yeah. Anybody else? Let's move on. <laughs> I mean, there was, Amanda said something that like triggered me, but then I forgot what it was. So like, you it's were triggered. Fine. Yeah. No, like <laughs> legitimately, like I got very irate very quickly, but then I kept listening to what you were saying and it, and it passed. Oh, now I don't I'm, know what it was. <laughs> like a disagree? Like we can fight it out? No, like oh. in a, this happened to me and I can't, like all ring, you oh. know. Was but, it like the cryptic email? No. Aspect? I don't remember what I it was. Do hate Maybe it'll come back. cryptic emails though. I hate yeah. those. Those are the worst. But well, yeah. Give it, give it a for example. A cri- of a cryptic yeah. email? Oh, I'm ready. Oh, wait, you've got one? Or do you go first? Go, Sam. No. Go. Um, I don't want an email that says, we all need to be taking attendance or else I cannot close out the day and no one will be able to take attendance tomorrow. That's not really like cryptic in terms of what they want. 
But just send whoever's not taking attendance the, the email. I take yeah. my attendance and I don't want to have to be paranoid about my stuff because someone else isn't doing it. Oh, yeah. The blanket yeah. threats. Yeah. I hate those. Yeah. Those are so yeah. ridiculous. So this comes up in, in one of these points. Oh. So. Oh, okay. Sorry. Interesting. I remember what I got triggered by. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. sorry <laughs> you Talk about your feelings. So like, because you mentioned uh, uh, I can't sit there and like check my email all day. Right. Mm. Like that is one thing that I think um, other teachers that I've interacted with don't uh, necessarily understand, right? It's happened so many times where I have received an email that's like, uh, first example that comes to mind, hey, summer school, who wants to do it first to respond to this email? But you send that out literally in the middle of like third hour. My planning's not till seven and I don't have lunch until after fifth, right? And I do not, like, I do not have even the opportunity to sit down and check my email. Um, but there are colleagues who either have plan during third hour or they um, have a habit of teaching from behind the desk and they have their email in front of them the whole time anyways. And so of course they get the jump on those kinds of things. And it just like makes me irate. It's like, why that's such an unfair advantage to like pass through an email. Mm. So I don't, yeah. that's, that just like boiled right. me instantly. Well, and similarly, don't send me an email if it's an emergency. Call yeah. me. Yeah. Call, call the number. I have a right. phone. Call it. Oh, not every room in my district has a phone. Okay. So, so I mean, maybe that's Send a, a runner. Right. Send, <laughs> yeah, send somebody. To do some, don't send it in an email because I'm not, I'm no, not going to check it. I'm not going to know what you're sorry, talking about. There's literal children in my room right now, and I'm trying to make sure they don't, you know, do whatever they do to each other. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> Make sure the load is fairly spread. I'm tired of seeing folks do the bare minimum while others' plates are constantly filled up. I think sometimes we do it to ourselves. Yeah. 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 That is what I was, I was just thinking. I fill my own plate. Like, right. it's, I, I honestly have never felt pressured to take something on. I do, and then I regret it later. But that's like that's on me. But as a as an admin, couldn't you go to the person who's not taking on anything extra and say, "Hey, can I can I pull you into this? Can can you you know do this extra little task and look at those teachers who are spread thin and try to lighten their load?" Yeah, you I know, think and, it yeah. comes down to though also is compensation for those things, right? Like at the at, at some <clears throat> point, like some stuff, sure, I can come supervise that basketball game Wednesday night or whatever it is, right? But money talks. Money gets you places when it comes to some of those extra duties. I took on extra duties to supplement my income. Right. Um, yeah. That's also why it you know became a pitfall for me because I had so much on my plate too much on my plate. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was other teachers who had nothing and go home at three 30 right. and have a lovely evening watching jeopardy, yeah. you know, but let's, let's take <laughs> even like the, the compensated things out of it. There are times where, whether it's a committee or a department that you're, you're taking on extra, mm -hmm. um, there are lots of different examples there for a while. We had, uh, committees that we looked at, like, students at risk and you know mm -hmm. all these different things i mean mm -hmm. uh student of the month all those different things it, they take time to go mm -hmm. through yeah. that information and there's some teachers that 
weren't really into any of that or they weren't sharing the load in terms of looking at data or reaching out to, to whatever. Uh I just, I'm a firm believer in you buy into what you help create. So sometimes those people who are on the outside, if they're doing the bare minimum, like giving them a little nudge of like, Hey, you want to take on a little extra? Uh That might be what engages them at a deeper level too. True. Um, it gets them invested in your school if they're willing right. to join in in it. And if they're not, like maybe that brings up a, a another question right. mm-hmm. about, you know. Uh, Why are you here? Do it for the kid. And I do think, though, it's a good point, too. Like we know highly qualified teachers still experience burnout. So yeah. like if you have staff mm-hmm. members you value and you're seeing them everywhere that probably means they're doing too much like go talk to them about that and ask how you can help i think Mm -hmm. it's good right and i think it takes a good administrator to do that too and to say hey you six or seven people have never done any additional things is there you know something that you're passionate about with regard to education that you can come join in this conversation and open that door and i guess going back like look at those people who are spread thin and have the conversation of what can I do to lighten your load? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if we could delegate this to somebody else, would you be okay with it? Or would you be willing to yeah. support them in, in taking some of that over? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So. All right. Number five. We're going to loop back around. Address your low performers personally rather than in blanket, blanket <laughs> statements. Yes. Yeah. Example, standing in a faculty meeting, reminding everyone that their contract starts at 8 a.m. When you're really talking to four teachers that habitually show up late. This is actually me, classroom management. Like in in my classroom, I'm really bad Mm. about like, hey, band, this is what Mm. we need to be doing. When really there's just like two kids who are Mm -hmm. not. That's just me, though. Just, yeah. No, I do think that's a good point, though, because I don't appreciate it. And I know um, I've had, especially, like, when you teach older kids, um, I think they're very keyed into when they feel um, unjustified in right. some way. And so there have been times, especially as a young teacher, where I was like, kids were doing this, the whole class is going to suffer. And my high achievers, or my high performers, my pleasant-in-the-classroom kids are like, I've done none of these things. Like, this is not fair to me, and now I'm getting punished. Right, and as a professional, we've been in meetings, I'm sure, where that has happened, where the blanketed, hey, you know, time starts at 8, you need to be here at 7.30 or whatever. (laughs) And so then it becomes a, not a game necessarily, but a sort of look around the room Mm -hmm. and try to figure out which teacher is it? Who are they talking to? <laughs> and, and, then, and then I'm that person that yeah, yeah. takes it to heart and goes, is it me? Did I do something wrong? Like Sam said with attendance, like, is it me? Am I the one that didn't submit that right or do something right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to just having that genuine conversation after, you know, after school. Hey, can I talk to right. you for five seconds? And Also yeah. bold of anyone to assume they like, okay, so we all know contract time is, let's say, at 7.30, and the bell rings at 8. And if someone's getting there at 7.55, and we're like, contract time begins at 7.30, contract time begins. Bold of you to assume that they'll listen when you say it in a staff meeting. 
Like right, they have not listened right. to like what return are you going to see on this endeavor? None. You're oh, just stressed out. Other somebody people. told me the contract. Oh, thank you. I I n- that wasn't in my handbook. I we didn't talk about it at early. all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've right. never noticed that everybody's already here. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but that's interesting, Eric, about the whole like, oh, I see myself doing this. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. that's and I mean, yeah. I guess technically I'm the administrator of my program, mm-hmm. yeah. and so that is. It's, it's something, I mean, last year I already determined I need yeah. to be better about because I saw that I, the results that I was seeing from my tactics were yeah. not favorable. And so I, I already knew that I need to be better yeah. about it. But. So admin, don't let this be your, your one tool, your one intervention strategy to correct teacher behavior. Mm-hmm. Right, because um, treat them like they're professionals and you will yeah. get professional behavior. Here's the thing. So it's a radical. difficult conversation, but like, Hi, welcome to your job. Right. Like, that's yeah. what you signed up to do. And that's what we do with students, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, do that with adults. Right. Professionals. Yeah. Yes. You're making difficult conversation money. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. Especially nice. if you yeah. want your school to run well, have those conversations with teachers. And if they're good at their job or want to be better at their job, they are going to respect what you say and yeah. make those changes. Yeah. They're going to say, how can I improve? What do I need to do better? Number six, show appreciation genuinely and often. Hershey kisses. Admins, <laughs> admins always tout build relationship with kids, but have you honestly built relationships with your teachers? Um. Okay. Appreciation. I realized <laughs> that I don't know what it would take for me to feel appreciated in my job. <laughs> Um, which is really probably like a bigger issue, maybe personally, but also like just in how jobs treat people, I guess. Cause like, no, I don't want a bag of chips or whatever, <laughs> but like, I also don't know what I do want. I know what I would want. Yeah. Cool. I want you. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. I, do I want you to <laughs> hang out in my room, not for an observation, like to genuinely just observe the act of teaching. That I feel like would, like, I would feel appreciation from that, especially if you like shook my hand afterwards or something. Like, hey, I liked what you were doing. Yeah. And not even for an observation. And like, I know administrators are spread thin and like it's impossible to just find the time to go hang out in a room for 20 minutes for mm. no reason other than to know your teacher, which like there are the benefits. You know, we could argue on that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think really that I would feel appreciated by something as simple as that personally. I really like I that. I agree. I um I had an admin one time come in and observe and I don't I don't remember. I don't think it was an evaluation, but then after he wrote a card to me and like a thank you card oh. and like detailed like That's what awesome. he liked seeing in my classroom and like that he felt like I was doing a good job and that was a moment where I was like, "Wow, I feel way more appreciated than if you just gave me a yeah, a bag of chips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're cool. Yeah, the same bag of chips that everybody got. You know? right. and, and the only cost for that was time, obviously, yeah. but not right. not money, not, you know, like, so it's really interesting, yeah, to spend time in my room and just know me as a person. Like, yeah. I mean, that's my love language anyways, is uh, quality time. So Right. That could just be me. Ask all of your staff at the start of the year. 
how should I express love to you? <laughs> <laughs> what is your love language? No, I don't, I don't mind that, though. Is you ask them straight up, like, what is it that helps you feel valued in your job? And if you don't have an answer for it, maybe you could explore some of those other things, right. mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and try some different things out with your staff. Like, as an administrator, you do have a lot of power in that. You yeah. can walk into somebody else's room. You can, whether it's grab that bag of chips or whatever, you can do those things. You have the ability to do it. So why yeah. not? That should really, oh, sorry, go ahead. I mean, there's so many ways to show appreciation and gratitude um, that are genuine. Think outside the box. Like, get a teacher a sub. Like, hey, I, I still want you to come in today. I'm going to get you a sub. And you and I are just going to talk today. I want, you're doing great things. Like, let me, let me figure out you know, what you're doing. Like, I just, I don't know. There's so many really, really good things that you can do to, to show teachers. But I think you're right about that love language as, as much as it is to joke and be like, love. But mm-hmm. it goes back to appreciation and gratitude. People, some people may be fine with a bag of chips. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as Sam. I'm like, I, I don't want the bag of chips, but I also don't know what I want. Right. I know what I don't want. I'm very well educated <laughs> on what I don't want. Right, Eric, right. take notes. Um, oh, he knows. Um, but yeah, I don't really know. Right. I just think it's really hard to express genuine appreciation in, like, in general. To yeah. be like, hey, I, I really appreciate you doing this. Um, so I don't know how somebody could do it on like a large scale that would make me feel that. I mean, I really like at the new school that we're at, they do um, student of the month kind of nominations, right. but they also do it for teachers mm-hmm. and they do teacher shout outs. And then every, I think it's every week or every mm-hmm. month, every week, um, every week we get a list of teacher to teacher shout outs. It'd be nice if admin also did that and took the time mm-hmm. and made it a mission to actually shout out every single teacher that's in their building on that platform or whatever, um, just to kind of say like, hey, school-wide, I appreciate each individual yeah. teacher. Conversely, I would, not to just nay say, I'm sorry, but I that wouldn't work for me because I'm like, well, you sent one to every teacher. Like, that's not a... Yeah. yeah. I mean, as it soon would, as it becomes, I would want it to be something authentic like Eric or Desiree's experience where mm-hmm. the the admin actually went into my room and wrote me a thank you note. I'm thinking more like that, mm-hmm. like, right. yeah. or like the gift of time mm-hmm. and coming and watching your class. I have actually had my, my superintendent has just crashed my room uh, during my planning period before. Um, sometimes because I'm, I'm practicing one of the instruments. It helps me think, okay, if I'm like standing there playing guitar, it's because I'm actually thinking I'm not just like whatever. Um, but he's come in and talked to me because he has his own band. And so he like just came in and talked to me about like, gigs that he's got what's going on with my band like you know that's unfortunate news here recently but like it was really cool just for him to come and talk to me on that more personal like hey we both do this thing level mm-hmm. and that that felt really cool and that that helps establish that connection builds a relationship i don't know if i specifically felt appreciated from it right um i guess there's the appreciation of like you understand what i'm doing i understand what you're doing mm-hmm. you know? but uh but we're contracted you know, for a year, mm-hmm. you don't have to wait until May to start showing appreciation yeah. because at that point, teachers are, are we're just looking to, to be done. Like, yeah. Find <laughs> ways to show appreciation 
first first couple of weeks. Right. Yeah. yeah. In a personal way. Like the just like we don't want blanket emails about things to fix. Blanket emails about things that the entire staff did great aren't that great either. Yeah. Like, it's fine. It doesn't hurt anything. Right. But you're definitely not gonna make inways with teachers. Yeah, it doesn't get you any return. Right. right. When I got my accolade, um, my last year teaching I didn't hear from anybody. There was an email uh-huh. that was sent out and that was it. And it, and it felt very weird. Mm-hmm. It felt weird. And it was just like, ah, I don't know. I make, I made the right decision, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, don't I don't know. So number seven. Okay. Number, <laughs> <laughs> number seven, skip the kitsch. Maybe kitsch works in elementary <laughs> the person who wrote this is a 20 plus year veteran of a teaching high school uh, it says i do i don't need an instructional coach dressed like dorothy from the wizard of oz to present material to me so i, I think what's being said here is know the audience mm-hmm. and um really content specific higher level uh Teachers who are also teaching like dual credit, like some of those approaches are demeaning to them. Yes. Yeah. Because that's not the world that they live in. Um, so be aware of your audience. If, if you teach, if you're doing PD for your entire district, be aware of that. Yes. You know, just, you don't want, I don't know. Hi, I don't Does it work in the opposite? Like. Well, I I would think so because like our language maybe at the high school setting is a little different than at an elementary or pre-K setting. Um, Even just yesterday at our professional development um, all day thing that we had going on, we use the word inquisitive. Are you going to use the word inquisitive with pre-K students? Probably not, right? You're going to probably pick a different word. So I think there is something about language and making it appropriate. Um, Remember that you're if you're going to have professional development and have people come in, paid people or um, other staff, you know, lead that, that they're teaching grown adults and they all have mm-hmm. autonomy and they all do different things in their classrooms. And it's not all, you know, elementary level. Right. Oh my gosh. That's being done. And nothing against like those elementary teachers. No, no, because no, that's no. the world that you live in and, and that's effective for mm-hmm. your students. But is it always effective for the adult behind the students? Right. Like, right. And, and at a certain level, it become like it does more harm than good in, in terms of getting your, your message across to those teachers. Tangential to all that. Like if we could, um, maybe if you're going to have a full district PD, uh, have the main crux of that PD not be rooted in any specific religion. Um, is just being considerate. Well, this to, is big time tangential from kitschy Dorothy. Well, no, I, I mean, cause you were talking about professional development and like addressing your audience, knowing who you're addressing. Mm. And it's like, I see I've on probably a half dozen occasions now. Um, the presenter has come in and started talking. And by the end, like maybe two thirds of the way through, they're throwing like Bible verses at you. And like, I'm not telling you not to believe what you want to believe, but like you, you're, you're addressing a very large group of people who come from different walks of life and just understanding that maybe not everybody's going to be buying into like your call to go to church this Sunday. 
you know, like, mm. I don't know. Just know your audience. It ties into know your audience. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I'm just like grumpy all the time. Um, so like anything that you're doing, you are my spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> anything that you're doing that is like cutesy and transparent just makes me want to leave. Like, I just don't want to engage in whatever it is that you're doing. I think it's kind of the same concept of connecting to a whole person, right? Like, I am a full grown professional. Can I still develop further? Absolutely. But like, if you're talking to me, like you talk to a group of 10 year olds, we have a problem. I can't engage in this. Like, it's absolutely absurd to me. Um, and I don't want to do like cutesy activities. All I want to do is make fun of you. <laughs> yeah, like that's, and uh, I'm gonna. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I just don't like any of that. So it, it's interesting. Cause I'm with you mm-hmm. like 98% of the time I'm going to agree, but I've had those presenters and I, and I can think of one who's a retired art teacher. She, she taught high school. Karen Dawson out of Washington, Missouri, who she spoke with like such prosody and like almost sing songy storytelling. And she was a fantastic facilitator of groups and she would do things about like, she could be talking and she would have like a paper plate and it's just cutting, like not paying attention. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, like she's made this like paper plate hat and it's, and it's a, well, she's an art teacher, like just mm-hmm. phenomenal. Right. And I'm like, but she commands the group and is so disarming and like taking you back to that kind of childhood space of like, it's safe. The world kind of, and it's woes kind of melt away. Mm -hmm. And even when she was talking to adults, like she could do that. I I think like, it, it can be done effectively, right. but it, that's, without talking. Down. That is the exception. Well, and I would argue that that's not kitsch. That's mastery. Okay. Like she is a well, presenter. Yeah, she knows yes. her business, yeah. and she's ready that's, to envelop you in point. that. Yeah, versus just like somebody who's like, "Hey, I know everything stinks, but it's Christmas, and I'm dressed like an elf, and here's a donut." Like. <laughs> <laughs> Have you witnessed a PD like this? Yeah, I'm very yeah, curious. If you ever go into administration, it has to be a This is why I can't ever go. <laughs> the That's expectation great. is now there. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think you're exactly right. There's mastery, and then there's this right. kitsch, weird kitsch donut lady <laughs> elf. <laughs> All right. (laughs) That's all I have to say about that. Number eight, look at ways to reduce paperwork for your teachers. Don't ask for paperwork. You won't even look at. (laughs) Nobody really asks me for paperwork though. I just remember. I think I'm fortunate. Moons ago. um, When we had to do report cards. Oh, uh, I take everything I said. You might want to describe that. So they were not normal report cards um, with like an A, B, C, D, um, F. They were progress type yeah. check-ins. Kind and of standard so, base. Yeah, standards base, yeah. which I is think, all well and good. I think it was called soft skill report card. Well, there was a like soft skill portion, but yeah. then also on the left column, it was all like content oriented. Like you had to take oh, your okay. yeah, ELOs yeah. and break them into. Right. into mm-hmm. specific. So, so it's all well and good. Like that's. That's a great thing to have in terms of you know, if you're going to go standards-based grading, which we weren't. I, we were kind of exploring it. We weren't exploring it. Um, but we had to present these documents at parent-teacher conferences. Mm-hmm. And then quarterly, mm-hmm. I want to say. 
Um, and the paper trail of that was insane. So I had to make a one of these report cards with comments and all these things on it for every single student that I had for every single class. Mm-hmm. And it was so overwhelming. If you had the same student in multiple classes, you had to do it for each class as well. Mm-hmm. Correct. Oh. And, and they did nothing with them either. Mm-hmm. They literally were just sat there. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we had to do was, um, and it was like Mondays, you would have to put in what state standard okay. you yeah, had. I've been subjected to yeah. so much nonsense that I forgot about. <laughs> um, and you would have to every week put in what state standard code you used. Well, in a lot of classes, it would be the same code multiple, multiple times because that's the standard that you would be working on for that unit or what have you. Um, and it didn't produce any true useful data or useful information. The idea of it was all well and good in, to some degree. Um, but those were very, very useless and, and truly um, hurt educators in a very profound way. Like the hours and hours mm-hmm. spent mm-hmm. on nothing um, was very frustrating. And the report card thing, we didn't even finish out the year. No, no. It just disappeared yep. after spending... Dozens of hours of my life that I will never get back. Hours. I'm going to kind of switch gears, but in in the same lane. Like submitting lesson plans, the expectation when we were at the same school district is, you know, by the first day of the week, you need to have lesson plans, even like a a brief overview. It doesn't have to be super specific about for the week. And I, again, like I've said in, in a previous podcast, I was the person who was like, I, I knew what I was doing for the year and I could pull that up. It, no big deal. Mm-hmm. When I was a special education teacher, I needed to know what other people were doing. I needed to know when tests were happening, when projects were going on. I was looking at that information all the time. And it's just really disappointing when there's a teacher that hasn't submitted something since like September. And that's not, my role is not to like go, Right. Go tattle no. on them right. when when we're getting emails once a month about, hey, submit your lesson plan. Yeah, you know, um, I, it, I yeah. actually really liked submitting my lesson mm-hmm. plans every week because it forced me to think about my week. Right. And even at our new school, I still I make a little right. chart, and I, I have everything that I do every week in it. Yeah. So the practice of it, I think, is really good. And as long as you're not requesting your teachers as administrators, as long as you're not requesting that your teachers write a full blown lesson plan, you will never need to write one of those ever again after your student education. Um, And if you are still writing those, you need to talk to your administrator (laughs) because that's not fair and that's not okay. Have them call me. You don't have to do it. I'll talk to you. But if that's your process, (laughs) I do also. Phone number three. (laughs) I do also know. I'll give it to you. I do know other, I do know teachers that do write out full fledged lesson plans and that's your, if that's right. what you, you know, work your process. Um, but I do think there should be some accountability on yeah. what is happening in your room every week. What does yeah. that look like? And if you can't on Monday afternoon, so we go to school Tuesday through Friday, if Monday afternoon, Monday evening, you can't submit what you're doing for four days. There's a problem. Like I you think, should have an idea. Mm-hmm. I think the problem with that though, is not like the action of doing it. Cause I obviously agree. And I think Pre-planning is great. I also still do that. It's the idea that we were required to and nobody looked at it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right. That's the, yeah. I guess that's my problem is 
I'm doing this one for me. Like I see the benefit intrinsically, mm-hmm. but if we're saying everybody needs to do it so that special services can, can do their job more effectively and plan, let alone so you know what's happening in classrooms as an administrator and people aren't doing it. Like, mm-hmm. man, you, then it l- sounds let like us you gotta, do an evaluation. You got to make mm-hmm. a blanketed email <laughs> and send that out to everyone but, to tell them so, how bad they are. Obviously good practice to do all of this and everything, but I'll just apologize for being the impetus behind that requirement. You're not. Yes. No, yes. you're not. There's no way. No, you're There's not. There's no way. Like you're no. saying you didn't do it? No. What I'm saying is that the it was the following, it was the year after This Is America that they no. started no. We requiring. Did it that was the whole time we were doing that the whole time. Yeah, we were doing that well before. It was never it was never in in the first couple years that I was there, it wasn't required. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yes, it, yes, was. it was. No. 100%. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, that it wasn't drilled the way that it was like the following. I think what you're maybe thinking about, not to like, just speak for your brain, but, um, shortly after we started doing those things on the door yes. where you mm. had to post them yeah. for transparency for kids. Yeah. But for my f- first day at that school like we always had to submit weekly lesson yeah. plans and we were always getting blanket chastised for not submitting week- mm-hmm. like that was yeah. always an expectation right. i guess that expectation was never made clear to me until all of that happened uh, so i yeah. the, the, this whole time i always was like shit <laughs> <laughs> honestly uh let's see here i've moved my list excellent <laughs> number nine Offer to help a teacher, especially with a challenging student. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, what do they mean by that? Take them out. Punch them. So, oh, just, yeah, yeah, just kick them out. Send them just home. Them out. Send them home. Drown them. I do. <laughs> wow. We're I, going places on this one. I was hoping Sam would make eye contact with me on that one. Like, just oh, I'm sorry. Out. I it's forgot. Out. It's I'm removed from the experience yes, now. Yes. <laughs> but I, yeah. Admin should step in if there is a trouble student. Now, obviously, there are levels to this, right? Yeah. Um, but if you're an administrator and a teacher is having a behavioral issue or a safety issue with a student, and you put them in your office and give them a sucker and then bring them back into that classroom, you, you're the bad guy. You <laughs> did bad. Like, you're doing bad on that teacher and you're doing bad on that student, too. Um, also, like, I don't, I'll send them to you if I need help, right? Like, I'll make them available to you if I need help. But, like, I would love to go to the bathroom. You know when my plan is, pick the hour farthest away from that and let me go to the bathroom, please. Like, help me out just in, like, feasible, practical ways. Everybody knows that there are, like, these small issues in teaching, just, like, in the mechanics of how it works. Come help me with that. I'll, I'll send you my problem, child. Five minutes. Right, yeah. yeah. Just literally five minutes. Yeah. We're going to keep moving on because we need to wrap this up. Number 10. <laughs> Can't rush. Back up your teachers when a parent begins making unreasonable demands. Yes. 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 Thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody have a parent that's made an unreasonable oh, yeah. demand? Oh. Yeah, I, I, let's oh. give some examples because I think people want to hear like that's that's juicy. Saucy. Okay. So last year I was in charge of the virtual <laughs> education for my district's virtual English department. It's just me. I'm all of the English teachers. And I had a student parent who contacted um, not me, 
Lord forbid we talk to me. Um, but instead of the virtual director to say that it was unacceptable for us to be reading of mice and men. It is inappropriate. It's racist. All this other kind of stuff. Questionably, like, might be true, right? Uh, however, there's, well, I mean, there's definitely some racism, but, like, it's okay. for a reason. It's it's complex. Anyway, so, like, the Illustrate. problem with English teaching is that I cannot just, like, sub out a book and then magically have materials for that book. Like, I have to make questions to assess your child's knowledge, and they can, like, sometimes orient towards, like, oh, this could be applicable to any book. Um, but also, that's preparation that I have to put in. So, like, when you are protesting a book, you're not just saying, like, hey, just open up the file drawer and pull me something else. Like, no, no, that's going to take hours of, of time mm -hmm. to prepare. Um, and my administrator was awesome. He was like, no, we're not going to do that. We're not participating in censorship. Um, and you can either subscribe to our curriculum that we've given you or you can find curriculum elsewhere. Um, and it was really nice because I really thought that was going to be like a huge watershed moment for us because like of all of the issues surrounding reading in school right now. And I was so supported and it was very nice and nice. generally appreciated. Uh, my administration definitely has a big emphasis on if you have a problem with something in the classroom, you should be yeah. talking to yeah. the teacher about it. Because the, like, I don't know, it's, I've only taught in small communities. So I've seen a lot of it where like, you know, the parents come in thinking that they have this say, like, and, like they just go straight to the principal or they go straight to the superintendent. And it's literally not even a superintendent right. issue. Like the superintendent would literally just be like, you need to go yeah. talk to the class. I do and do yeah. not like that, though, because I also don't want to be just like continually berated whenever there's a disgruntled parent. Like, well, have you talked to the teacher first? Have you talked to the teacher first? What if you just tell them that they don't need to talk to me? Like, this isn't an actual issue. And if you see something, maybe yeah. we can bring it up later. I mean, yeah, you know. Different ways yeah. to feel different issues. I just, you know, I have felt mm. well supported in that mm -hmm. manner. I, I, I think it's kind of tough because what is, what is unreasonable? Um, when I worked in special education, you're, sometimes you're serving as the liaison between the parent, the student, and regular education teachers. There were times where parents felt like they needed support that really didn't need to be in an IEP, right? It, mm -hmm. I don't feel like you should always put things in IEPs that don't, don't need to be in there. A an example was a uh, parent felt like their student wasn't receiving accommodated tests. And they simply said, Can, I would like to see my child's version of the test and the unmodified Mm -hmm. uh, version just just I want to see how you're doing this to me that's a very reasonable request because yeah. both of those things exist and at no point where they're saying I want to keep those things or you need to send those to me prior to is just I, I want to be able to compare mm -hmm. um, did not put that in the IB because that's not really a service but I thought it was a reasonable re request based off some other things happening and it, it, it became an issue of like you really? know, of test security and um, and things like <laughs> that. With, with other, <clears throat> teachers, so in their mind, it was unreasonable. Mm -hmm. And then the administrator was kind of caught in the middle. And finally, I was like, you know, if we're not willing to do this, I can put it in IEP. Like right. the right. team, no, the team all yeah. agrees. To me, it's I don't understand. Like they're not in the business of like trying to copy these tests and like distribute them. So. Well, and I guess I like 
reasonable is subjective, right? right? But in that case, it doesn't take any more time. Like mm. you just pull up your files, you send your files. I guess it takes you the 30 seconds to send that email, but you're not asking somebody to completely like write you something, to completely yeah. create something that doesn't exist. Right, and modifying a test is very easy, especially if it is, let's say it's a multiple choice test. Yeah. Or or even, yeah. even if it's not, even if it's like a long form test you remove problems you simplify the questions you know you you do these little things that don't take a whole lot of time and you should have so so to me that sounds like that teacher wasn't even making a modified test to begin with well sure definitely to me was like oh well now there's some red flags like you're not helping your cause here right Right. because you should be able to produce every test up until this point and Uh that wasn't the case but you know I think that's tough because even with a, as a principal, you may think a parent request is reasonable, but the teacher doesn't. So have conversations though, like be willing to sit down with people, state your case in a calm professional manner. And not everybody's going to agree all the time. Like that's, that's the business. I do have an example okay. of an unreasonable parent. Is it the guy who texts you at nighttime? Some juice. That's what I was yes. thinking of. Yes. Jacob gets nice. When you were like, yeah. um, so, oh, talk to the teacher first. I was like, we don't want some people talking to you. Yeah. No, no, no. No, some people oh. need to. Anyways. Um, okay. So a little bit of context. In band, I have like four, between 45 and 50 kids, depending on the year, in the mm-hmm. room. I'm the only adult in the room. I end up leaning on mm-hmm. team leadership. Right. Like I have my leadership team, my trusted students where I'm like, Hey, I need for you to help me yeah. because there are 50 of you and one of me. Right. So that it's just a fact of any band organization. They're going to have team leaders, section leaders, whatever you want to call them. Um, so uh, this, this parent originally asked for a meeting with the superintendent and we scheduled it. Um, but then like they weren't able to because they had to work or something like that. Um, so I get this text at five eleven in the morning. Um, 5.11 a.m. I wake up to it. It's the first thing I read. A text or an email, just to clarify. It's, it's a text. Well, it's, oh, you know, okay. remind. Yes. Yeah, so it's, it's a remind message is really what it is. Uh, and th- this is what I woke up to. It says, I can't get off work early today, so I will have to reschedule. But just FYI, I won't, don't uh, care what you think other students should do. They shouldn't be getting on to other students no matter what. One isn't any better than another student. That's the teacher's job. If they can't handle that, then maybe they need to look into something they can handle. Wow. I think that goes in the category of unreasonable parent. <laughs> so, because I mean, the kid, like the kid in question here was, um, I'll put it nicely. It was a bit of a butthead, right? Acting out, not doing what he was supposed to. So of course, team leadership was like, hey, we need to be doing this. And then the kid's like, oh, you can't tell me what to do. And then takes it to his dad. Yeah, that's a great example of, from a student's perspective, that's warped and twisted because they're they're young, right? Young, eighth grade, and they're also don't ever want to be at fault. Yeah, like sometimes, like, hey, ask the teacher what happened. Yeah, but (laughs) never, never even ask. Just yeah, don't don't assume your kid's always right. Unfortunately, they lie (laughs) a lot. So, what did your did your did this also get sent to your administrator? Uh, it got sent to them as in I, as soon as I got to school, I walked into their offices. I went to both principal and superintendent, showed them the message. And both of them were like, do not respond. Like they were just, and, and I mean, Sam also said the same thing. Like, you don't, you don't interact with that. And I'm like, I don't want to, but I also have some things I want to say, <laughs> you know, obviously. But yeah, I just, 
I went into administration and I showed them, I was like, this is what I woke up to this morning. And they were like, don't, do not even respond. If he has anything to say, like we will field it from here. And I was like, okay, good. That's, that's a good administrator. That's what you want. Our very last one here. Administrators should keep their promises and stay on top of the important stuff. If you mess up, own it. Don't punish all of your teachers. I will say with that, I do feel like it's important for you to meet the same standards that you have for me. Um, And there have been times where I didn't feel like that was happening. And that is very infuriating. Um, I'm going to call them like mm, behavioral conduct standards um, to keep it kind and vague. Um, And I just think that that's like frustrating, um, especially like we are models, you are a model. So like, you know, practice what you're preaching, all that good stuff. I definitely hear from other teachers that, that complain about attendance, that administrators are, obviously they have meetings and things to go to just as teachers do, but it's a lot easier for them to step out. They don't need a sub. Um, so by the nature of that, sometimes attendance can, can become an issue. Uh, yeah. Timeliness. So I would say the big takeaway here is like, take care of your people, have the important conversations that you need to do. And don't forget what it's like to be a teacher. Honestly, like stay grounded, like just spend time in the classroom just to keep the perspective. Right. Not just so I feel appreciated because of my love language. (laughs) There you go. Uh, So we're over an hour here, but there's, I think there's some things we can probably cut out. Um, any, anything that you feel like, hey, that should have been on the list 100%, but wasn't? I think definitely when I think about administrators, the big thing that I think about is don't, don't go into the role seeking power. Go into the role seeking change, positive change, seeking impact as opposed to power. And I think that if you have the right mindset as a leader, and that goes with any job, right? It doesn't have to just be in teaching, but it's most reflected in teaching right we feel it more in teaching that if you're on a power trip if you're using your position maybe you only taught for a year or two and then you moved up the ranks and now you're a principal and then you're you know a superintendent after you get some some other you know credits or whatever i i want i want to be under somebody that's been in the classroom for a while don't just do it for the raise you need to realize that yes you are a boss but you are also a leader and those are very different things. Yeah. And that's talking to Sam, like as she, as, as you've gone through like some of your doctorate classes, you talked about the difference between being an educational leader and an organizational leader and like how there is overlap, but realizing the responsibility that does come with that. Like you are an educational leader. So if you're an administrator and you want to have some advice from teachers about how you can be better, talk to your teachers. It's great to go on social media and ask, that's fair, but also talk to your people. Um, find out the things that they need uh, in order to be supported and to be the most effective. I appreciate you all listening to another episode of Where the Whiteboards Are. And thanks to you to Desiree for joining us on another episode here. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Where the Whiteboards Are.
If you have any comments, questions, uh, topic suggestions, anything like that, please feel free to reach out to us. We have an email address. It is WTWA at 277media.com, where the whiteboards are. WTWA at 277media.com. The opinions expressed in our podcast are that of the individuals and do not represent the opinions of their employers, school districts, or communities in which they work.